Good Sunday morning, everyone. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I dropped in briefly because I wanted to, I wanted to ask the question, are you allowing your fear to activate your faith? Uh, how many of you know that we are believing exactly what we are receiving exactly what we're believing. You guys, we're getting ready to talk about this. One second, one minute, one moment. But first, we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God, for leading, guiding, and directing us in the way that we should go. Father, prepare our hearts for good ground so we can receive your word, Father God. Receive a rhema word from your word and be delivered and set free. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for joining in this Sunday morning, May, I don't know what the date is, May 10th, 9th, I don't know, Um, 2022, okay, this is where we are right now, and um, again, I'm asking the question, are you allowing your faith to activate your fears? What do you mean, Pearl? Well, Job said that the thing that I feared the most has come upon me, Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know that Corinthians 13 tells us, he says, um, that love thinketh no evil. God does not think evil thoughts. And when we're thinking evil thoughts about, or thinking that something evil is going to happen, that's our faith in operation. I'm not talking about words of warning, um, but even in that, there shouldn't be any fear. You know, uh, as born again believers, we should be able to uh, stand in the app, intercede and pray and know and be assured and have confidence that our God is going to take care of us, that our Abba Father is going to provide for us. How many of you know you can be in the famine and not be affected by the famine? <laughs> we went through the gas crisis, but we wasn't really affected by the crisis. We was in the crisis, but we wasn't really affected by the crisis. How many of you know that when the storm came, when Jesus and the disciples was on the boat, and the storms and the winds and all this stuff began to come, to, um, come and you know the waters were boisterous and the disciples was like wake up how can you sleep don't you see we gonna drown you know they was getting all panicky but Jesus was sleeping through the storm how many of you know that we too because we have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead it lives on the inside of us and that same spirit that uh, the Holy Spirit which allowed Christ to sleep through the storms is the same spirit that we have on the inside of us that can allow us to rest even in the midst of the storm. How many of you know that all hell could be breaking loose around you and you could still have peace on the inside because God gives us the peace that passes all understanding. He said the peace that the world give, that's I don't give that kind of peace. God's peace, it passes all our five senses. It passes all of our flesh, natural ability to understand. The peace that passes understanding, the peace that God gives us, your natural mind and your five senses cannot understand, comprehend it. Because in your natural mind, you'd be thinking, how can I be so calm when it's just so much chaos? <laughs> That's the peace that comes from God. He said, the peace that I give you is not the peace like the world. The peace that I give you, it's not like, it comes from the Father. God is our peace. And those who keep their mind stayed on him, 
he has promised to keep us in perfect peace. So, bro, what are you talking about when you say, don't let your fear activate your faith? Well, when you're always thinking evil, oh, they, they're not going to listen. They never listen. That, that's your faith activating your fear. You're speaking negative. Jesus tells, the word of God tells us what to think. He said, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is praiseworthy, you know, whatsoever is good. Then those are the things that we need to think on. We shouldn't be thinking evil. We shouldn't be thinking that something bad is going to happen. If you find yourself always expecting the negative, always expecting bad things, then that's what you're going to receive. You're receiving what you're believing. Believe that you receive when you pray and you shall have it. How many of you know that when we're speaking, those are words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. If you're always thinking that something negative is going to happen, oh, they're going to shout or they're going to go off when they see this. They always do this. They always act like this. They always, you know, that's our faith, fears activating our faith. That's those negative thoughts. And then when they do it, then we say, well, see, I told you. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. We got we can reverse the curse. We need to reverse the curse with our words. Love whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are praiseworthy. Think on these things. Are we speaking word curses on people? Um by by expecting them to do negative evil things all the time. Oh, they're gonna blow up. They always blow up. Ooh, when they see this, they're gonna act like this. You know. Why, we gotta. We can reverse the curse with our words. We can reverse the curse with our words. Is your faith activating your fears? The thing that I fear most has come upon me. The thing that I expected them to do has come upon me because I always expect them to do what they do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You say, well, but I know them. You know their flesh. But how many of you know that the word of God says that that God can take the heart of a king and he can turn it in the direction, whichever way he will. You know, prayer, our words have power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So the same way we speak life, we can speak death. Lord, uh, say what you want and not what you don't, right? We got to say what we want and not what we don't. Life and death. Today is a good day. Um, the anger problem that they had, you know, uh, the Lord is delivering them from that. They always be angry. They always wake up in a bad at with a bad attitude. They always, uh, you know, if you don't do this, then they're going to be like this. You know, listen to what's coming. What is your expectation? What is your faith? What is your faith project? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So you're adding your faith to, we can add our faith to what's good or we can add our faith to what's negative. If you believe it in your heart, you're going to have it, good or evil. It's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart that we really believe. That's why I'm saying, you know, we can know a lot of scriptures, but if we don't believe them in our heart, it's not going to manifest in our lives. It's with the mouth that we confess, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us. But it's with the heart that we believe. Life and death, the word of God, Proverbs tell us that life and death is in the power of our tongue. So are we are we using our faith to activate evil? Are we using our faith to activate the word of God, to activate the angels? What are we using our faith for? 
start, you know, break those curses. Allow God, let the change begin with you. Look at those things in your life that you're believing evil about your spouse or, oh, they going to do this. Oh, they going to do this. They always do this. This is what they always do. Let me tell you what they going to do. This is what they always do. Well, faith, uh, using your faith, if you want to reverse that curse, start saying what God say. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about the word of God over the matter. My family is saved. My children are blessed. My husband is blessed. My husband has the mind of Christ. Lord, I thank you for sending labors across my children's path. Lord, I thank you for sending labors across my husband's path. Isn't that what Jesus told us to pray? He said to pray to the Lord of harvest, that he'll send forth labors into his, into his harvest. Jesus looked at the multitude and he had compassion because they looked like sheep. They were sheep without a shepherd. Jesus said, so therefore pray to the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. For the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. This is what the word tells us. So, our prayer is that the Lord will send labors, spirit-filled labors across the path of our lost loved ones or our backslidden one, uh, loved ones. Um, that that they will, you know, that we all will continue to have a hunger and a desire for the word of God, for the way of God, for the will of God. You know, I asked the Lord in time, Lord, what causes us to lose our hunger for God? He said, um, when we start loving the world. Love not the world, First John tells us. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. For when we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. So when we start lust, what he said, and then he goes on to say that the love for the love of the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And these are the three temptations of Christ, and these are the three temptations in which the devil gained access into our lives. Because if he can get your attention, the lust of the flesh. He, he, he gets you want your flesh wanting something that it's not supposed to have. Anytime the devil can tempt us and entice us, look at the temptation. Uh, go back and study that. Go back and study that again. Genesis 3, where the serpent began to tempt Eve. He had her, first he presented her with it to get her flesh to want it. And the fruit looked like it was good for food. It looked like it was, uh, you, uh, it, it looked like it was something good. The benefits was good. It looks like the benefits look good. Everything that glitter is not gold. And beware of men bearing gifts because all gifts aren't good gifts. It looked like they, they, it looked like it was going to be. It looked like, you know, this is the purpose of the commercials. The commercials are set up for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Well, I'm not going to, you know, what is pride? Pride is doing what we want instead of doing what God wants. And saying, God, I don't care about what you want. I know we don't really say it with our words, but how many of you know the actions really do speak louder than words? Matter of fact, the word of God tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. He said, it's the doer of the word that's blessed. This is what the word teaches us. It's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearers only. Why? Because if all I do is know the word, I'm not going to receive the manifestation of the promise unless I do the word, right? It doesn't matter how bad I want a cake. I can sit here and tell you all the ingredients, everything you're supposed to do. That's knowledge. That's that's me knowing this. But until I actually go and put the ingredients together, then I'm not going to receive the manifestation of the cake. <laughs> and that's the same way. Faith without works is dead. Jesus said, 
faith without works is dead. He says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. <laughs> okay? So we know there's no condemnation here. We're going from faith to faith and glory to glory. So today we have another seed, so the, uh, uh, a bit of information, a bit of revelation that we can add to our arsenal and go back in and reverse some of those curses. Uh, reverse, re- we're believing what we're receiving. Go back and listen to that podcast. We're believing what we're receiving. Believe that you receive when you pray. And a lot of times we think that prayer is just on our knees, but prayer is conversation. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. God created the world using words, right? And he created us in his own image, in his own likeness, right? So we are speaking spirits. The real us is a spirit. We're three-part being spirit, soul, and uh, we, we are a spirit. The real us is a spirit. That's why when our spirit leaves our body, we cease to live because that was the real us. The only thing left behind is that flesh body in the coffin. Okay, because that wasn't the real us. That was the, the, the vehicle. The body is the vessel, the vehicle, the temple that we that the spirit dwells in. I mean, you know, remember in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit used to be in man-made temples. But now he said, my spirit won't always strive with flesh and blood. Now his spirit is on the inside of us. We are the temple. It's, it's no longer the building that's made with hands. But now his spirit is in us as born again believers when we accept Jesus Christ, his, his son, as our Lord and Savior. Um, so how do we know? I don't know about you. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a second, a minute, and a moment um, to talk about how I know that Jesus Christ is, is real. Um, when I'm talking to you, I'm not just talking to you uh, about Bible verses. Um, Jesus is real to me because I have experienced him for myself. The Bible say taste and see that the Lord is good. And my prayer today is that the our Abba Father, our Heavenly Father will give you a revelation of who his son is. Jesus asked his disciples, who do they say I am? And some say, well, some say you're the prophet, some say you're Elijah, some say, but Jesus said, but Peter, who do you say I am? He said, you're the Messiah, the Christ, the son. He said, well, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. There was no way in the natural you could have known that. And when a rhema word is when the father himself reveals to us, take literally pull the blinders back and give us a revelation of that word. You ever been reading a scripture and it's like it jumps up off the page? Oh my God, that's what that means. When Jesus Christ is real in your life, his word will be true to you. It won't just be a fairy tale book. I remember the day that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It was the very day that the Desert Storm Warm started, war started, the exact same day. I prayed the prayer with uh, on TBN with Jan, and I accepted Jesus Christ in my living room. And I promise you, from that day forth, my life has never been the same. It was as if I literally could felt myself falling in his arms. It was if I could physically feel him holding me and hugging me. And I said to my, I said, Lord Jesus, you what I've been looking for all my life. My search was over, but yet my journey had begun because now I found what I was looking for. But now my new journey was I wanted to be able to tell other people so they too could experience the goodness of God like I did. I wanted, because I was that woman at the well. And you know, when Jesus prophesied to the woman at the well, he told her, go and tell. 
<laughs> so like the woman at the well, when Je- when I met when I encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, I wanted to go and tell because I wanted everyone that I knew, I wanted them to know this Jesus that I had just met, who I had encountered. And I'm telling you, if Jesus Christ is not real in your life, my prayer today for you, because he's not the man upstairs. If you see God as being up here and you down here, then that's a disconnect. That's 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 not you understanding that our body as born again believers is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the spirit of the living God lives down on the inside of us. There's a disconnect. God is not the man upstairs. But the Holy Spirit, our Abba Father, he lives on the inside of us. And the, and Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not, but I will leave you with a comforter. So um, if, you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, I, my, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Just pray and believe that Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the way. He is the only way back to the Father, that he died for our sins. He now lives again. He's sitting at the right-hand side of the Father. Father God, we t- I do believe that he came, he died to redeem us by the blood of Jesus, by the precious blood of the Lamb. And I accept you, um, as my, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior. And Father God, I thank you for saving me today, this second, this moment. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Go back and read Romans 10, 9 and 10 too. He said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died, he rose, um, you shall be saved. Romans, go back and read Romans 10, 9 and 10 so you can get it word for word. Okay. And use, you know, guys, you can use that scripture to lead your families to the Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 to leave your loved ones. Um, we have to believe. What is it that makes a religion false? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to follow the whole leading of the Holy Spirit because I'm hearing some things. Okay. So the thing that makes a religion false, John tells us first John, um, I think it's four and one beloved, uh, test the spirit. Try the spirit by the spirit. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that will not confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is the spirit of the Antichrist, right? So any religion that does, you know, we have a lot of religions that say, well, I I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, or I believe that Jesus was just a good prophet, or I believe he was just a good teacher. That's a false religion. When we try to bypass Jesus, he, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the gate. You know, if any man try to go any other way, he is a thief and a robber. I want We need to break this down because as we approach these evil in times, um, we have to know that Jesus Christ is the only one way to the Father. And in any time we try to bypass him, there's no, there's not many ways to him. The Bible say narrow is the way that leads to, to eternal life, you know, but broad is the gate that leads to hell, in other words. Because, yeah, you're going to have to be pretty narrow-minded um, to get to, to Christ, okay? Because when God said it, that's what he meant. He, he That he mean what he say, and he say what he mean. And we're not going to change God. God is wanting us to be, be transformed by the renewing of our mind so we can live his way, think his thoughts, and uh, be his ambassadors in the earth and his ministers or reconciliators. We're not going to change God, okay? It, it's finished, it's written, and it's done. We cannot manipulate him 
to do what we want. That's not what this is about. The prophet Baal tried and he failed. Okay, he almost lost his life trying to manipulate and trying to uh, compromise with God. God said, told Baal, no, you cannot go and curse my people. He went and prayed about it after they came and asked him. God told him, no, you can't go. He went back and he told him, he said, no, listen here, the prophet Baal. He said, I can't go. The Lord said, no. Then they come back and said, but we're going to give you a whole bunch of money. And then he was like, well, there's not enough money. He, first he was standing firm. There's not an amount of money. Let, but let me go back and pray again. And then the Lord told him to go on and go. But the Bible says that the Lord was very angry. You know, I, you know, we need to. And, and then he almost lost his life because God made the, the Bible say that the donkey could see, but the prophet couldn't see. It was the donkey that could see the, the, the angel in the middle of the road. But the prophet could not see. So what was he? He was going to go and try to curse God's people. The, the donkey could see, but the prophet couldn't see. And that's what happens to us. When we're bent on being rebellious, it blinds us. But the people around us, now he, I, I, I don't know what kind of word he had in his mouth or what kind of word he was going to give, but that was definitely not going to be a word from the Lord because the Lord told him not to do that. God did tell him, don't you go and curse the people. Don't you curse God's people. God said no. He told him no the first time. He told him no the first time. And he went back and he tried and he tried to make a deal with God. The angel, the death angel was right there. It was gonna kill him. The prophet couldn't see, but the donkey could see. And sometimes the Lord will put people around us who can see stuff that we can't see, especially when we're just bent on being stiff-necked and rebellious. This, uh, you know, it's so important to tell people the truth because the truth can save someone's life. It's not about them liking you. It's about them loving God. And when people learn to love God, if they love, when they learn to love him for real, they'll learn to love you too. Even if it has to sometimes be at a distance, I don't, you know, or whatever, but... Um, the reason I don't have a hard time telling people the truth is because I love people for real. You know, the um, Proverbs say, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. A friend will tell you the truth because it's not about them. It's about you. It's about um, you being delivered. It's about you being set free. It's not about, oh, they might not like me. It's not even, it's not about me. Right now, the the, the 911 is, you being delivered and you being dis, uh, uh, set free. How many of you know without uh, correction, we open ourselves up to a spirit of deception. So everyone needs someone in their life who, who can tell them the truth. Proverbs say, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is a kiss of an enemy. What does it, I always tell people you can know your real friends, your true friends by the truth that they tell you. Faithful are the wounds. That means a friend may tell you something. It may hurt your flesh. Because your spirit, the Lord said, Pearl, your spirit is fine. The only thing that's hurting is that flesh. Move past it and get over it. Isn't that what we do to our kids? When we discipline our kids, it hurts their flesh. You take their phone, it hurts their flesh. You spank them, that's going to hurt their flesh. But their spirit is fine. You know, he said, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. When you got people around you telling you that you're right, knowing that you're wrong, you have just been kissed by the, by the enemy. And when people tell you, when people tell you you're right, knowing that you're wrong, that's because they have a, a they have an underlining agenda. 
They're trying to pump you up because they want to use you for something. And it's not something that's good. It's not something that's God. Deceitful are the kiss of an enemy. Everyone needs a, a truth teller. How many of you know that God used people? God used people. God used people. And now the mouth of two or three witnesses, his word is established. So, you know, how many of you know you cannot help people who have no respect? Who have uh, who does not respect you? You cannot help people who do not want to listen, um, you know, to godly counsel, to the godly counsel that's inside of you. So, um, just pray for them. You know, when people, uh, you know, maybe your season or your time is up with, with with that person or whatever. But you have to just continue to just stand in the gap and you know continue to intercede. And, and pray, you know, and just pray for and pray for them. Just like us, when we didn't want to listen to our parents or listen to godly counsel or wise counsel, you know. Um, but I thank God that somebody was in the gap praying and interceding. My mother was praying for me when she was trying to tell me right from wrong, you know. Um, so let's just continue to pray for each other. Because the word of God said, how can you say you love God who you can't see if you don't love your brother or sister? who you can see. So let's just remember to continue to pray for one another. Um, Pray for one another and let's make sure that we have some, you got got people around you who really sincerely care about you. People who's going to tell you the truth. The people who got guts to say, that's not God. God didn't tell you to do that because Sam is married to Sally. So God is not telling you to go and be with Sam why he still got a wife, why he's still married to Sally. Or God is not telling Sally to come be married to you while she's still married to Sam. You know, we need people. That's sound doctrine. When, when, when the clear will of God is known, that's not something you have to pray about. You can, that's something that, you know, you know the will of God concerning that issue. I'm just using that because we, you know, that's something we can all identify with. But um, make sure, look at your life. Look at the circle of people that's in your life. And, and uh, you're probably going to be at a just point. If you could really find one friend, then you're really blessed. <laughs> um, you, don't have a, you don't need a bunch of yes people around you because you need somebody that can see. See, the prophet couldn't see, but the donkey could see. We need people in our lives so that when we're rebellious and we're not wanting to hear the Lord, we need some people in our lives who can see maybe what we can't see, you know. Who can see what we can't see? And he kicked the donkey and he beat the donkey. Because the donkey was set down in the road because he saw the death angel there with that sword. <laughs> that, that donkey, God was using the donkey to protect the prophet's life. And sometimes the Lord would send people in your life to try to, pro- try to help protect your life. To try to help protect you from dying early. Because a disobedient child shortened his days. And a lot of times we think of that scripture, we just think of it as parents and children but spiritually speaking as well when we're not obeying God uh, it shortens our life because how many of you know that um, there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is death not just spiritually death it could be physical death I mean I've seen cases warning really do come before destruction you know God warned the people um, back in Noah's days before he flooded the world God warned the, had a lot to warn the people before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah you know, and even now, we're the voice crying out in the wilderness saying, hey, repent, uh, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Messiah, is on his way back. 
Come on, repent, repent. Come on, give your life to Jesus Christ. He's still warning the people before his son comes back. And the people are saying, oh, he ain't coming back. Y'all was saying that 20 years ago, and he still ain't came back. But you know, the Bible says some will be eating and drinking and being merry, just going about their normal days, doing what they normally do. And Jesus will come like a thief in the night. My question to you, this is this is why I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. You know, and I refuse, you know, the word of God, forget not the Lord's benefits. Because when we forget about the goodness of God, that's when we uh, begin to mumble, grumble, and complain, just like the children of Israel. It's so important that we tell our testimony to others because that keeps that relationship with Jesus Christ fresh and anew. I have a question for some of you. If you guys can hit that messenger button and leave me a message. I want to know. I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear, how did you get saved? How, How did you encounter Christ? That's the testimony right there. The Bible says, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope. That's your answer. How do you know if someone came to you and said, tell me, you quote all these Bible verses. But what I want to know, this is my challenge to you today. And please leave a message on my on my podcast here. All you do is hit that message button and leave a message. Tell me your name and tell me how you got saved. That's the answer. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. And when we think about God's goodness, we need to think about God's goodness. Think about God's faithfulness. And the same way he delivered me, he can deliver you. My, my thing is, no, I don't believe that anything is impossible for God. Because if he could save me, he could save anybody. Right? He, he's already made the way. They just got to say yes. God created anything God created, he can command. He created us all. He knows what it's going to take to to, uh, for us to accept him. He knows the day we're going to accept him, the second, the minute, the moment. Our job is just to believe it. Don't allow your faith to activate. Oh, they're never going to get saved. Oh, they just a mean, uh, bitter person. They've always been like that all their life. You know, so you have no faith for this person because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And when we don't know what the word of God says concerning a subject, we have no faith for that for them. We have no hope for them. The way you can tell when you're standing in faith is when you're when you're feeling uh, standing when you have hope and expectation. When you're expecting something good to happen, that's how you know that you're in faith. Um, the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But faith, you can have faith from, from in listening to the words of the world and just looking at people, you know, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Right. So when we're looking at how someone's living and we don't know what the words say as far as being able to pray for them, then we, you don't have faith for them. But Acts 1631 tells me that if I believe not only shall I be saved, but my entire household shall be saved. And so that's my faith. So I say, you know, you can come standing up and you come on your knees, but you will come. Because as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what it looked like. That's my confession of faith. You know, what is your confession of faith concerning your marriage? What is your confession of faith? Find out what the promises of God say. Because the Bible, the word of God, uh, there really is a promise for every problem. There really is. (laughs) There is a promise for every single problem. It's not possible for 
yes, the Bible was written, but it was by man, but it was inspired by God. God was telling the man what to write. There is not possible for a man to know, have, a, have an answer for every single problem. When you, whatever problem it is you have, just, just Google it. Say Bible verses concerning anger, Bible verses concerning um, hopelessness, Bible verses concerning whatever it is, fear, Bible verses concerning marriage. The word of God is our manual. Life really does come with the manual. Children come with the manual. We have to know what marriage comes with the manual. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. You know, everything concerning me comes with the manual. How many of you know that we have everything that pertains to life and godliness? We are fully loaded. I like that we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as born-again believers. Everything that we need to succeed is already in me. Can you say that? Everything that I need to succeed is already in me. We have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of us. We have everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's living on the power of God is on the inside of me. The spirit of God is on the inside of me. As born again believers, God is not just with me and God is not just for me, but the spirit of the living God is living down on the inside of me. Can you, I just want to sit there for a second minute in a moment so it can marinate and we can meditate and understand that our body is the temple. The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. What a privilege and an honor. What an honor and a privilege to be created in his image and his likeness. What a privilege and an honor to be considered by God to do anything. What an honor and a privilege. You know, we we want to be, I don't want to be a people pleaser. I want to be a God pleaser. You know, yes, I do. I want, I want my father to say to me, job well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm aiming for. That's the approval I want. I want God's approval, not man's approval. And I, and I already have God's approval because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because the Bible tells me that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My righteousness was not based upon what I did or didn't do. My righteousness is based upon what Jesus Christ has already done. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He who knew no sin became sin. Cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. How many of you know that we have to know who we are in Christ to walk in who we are in Christ? We have authority. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. This is what the word of God tells us. You guys pick up my uh, order my study guidebook. It's called uh, Understanding Your Identity, Your New Identity in Christ. It's so detrimental. We understand a lot of us know uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 and uh, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, look, see. That's what behold means. All things have become new. You know, have you been born again? Jesus told Nicodemus, I believe it's in 1 John 3 and 3, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is a flesh. That's which is born of the spirit is a spirit. To be born again is to accept the Holy Spirit the, of Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. And his Holy Spirit comes, lives on the inside of us. We become born again. The real us is our spirit. So do your spirit. Have you become born again? God wants us to learn how to live from the inside out. As he is, so are we. We are children of God, sons of God, daughters of God, heirs and joint heirs, kings and priests. Have you been born again? Have you accepted Jesus Christ? 
He's not just with us. Quit seeing God as just being with us. He is with us, but I want I want you to stretch it. He's not only with us, but he's he and he's not only for us. But can you say this that God is inside of us? God is inside of me. My body, put your hand on yourself. My body is the temple. Where I go, he go. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the living God. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? First Corinthians 6, I believe. Our body, we've been bought with the price. We are not our own. But you have been bought with the price. You are not our own. We talk about, well, it's my body and I can do what, what. No, 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 no. We have been bought with the price and we're not our own. Our body is the temple as born-again believers. If we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the spirit of the living God now lives. His new residence is on the inside of you. It's on. The, we are the church. The spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. And where we go, he go. Jesus wants to meet some people today. Go introduce them to someone. God used people. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The gifts that God has given us is so we can share with others. And when we don't share our gifts with others, we're being selfish and stingy. Yep, I said it. Or are we bearing the gifts that God has given us? Jesus was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God. Don't, don't, when we fear, when we're more concerned about what people think than what God thinks, then that's pride. You say, how is that pride? Because it's self-centered. Anytime we're in the center, it's self-centered. When we care more about what people think than what God thinks, that's pride. What we're saying is, God, I don't care about what you think. I care more about what the people think. So are you a servant of the people? Or are you a servant of God? The Bible says if you are a servant of men, the Apostle Paul says, then you cannot be, a, I'm not a servant of his. Because the fear of man causes a snare, Proverbs says. Why? Because when you fear the opinion of people, it keeps you from doing what Jesus say. But God said, I need you to fear me. And he's not talking about being afraid. He's talking about reverence. The fear of the Lord is reverence. I need to have, you to have more respect for what I feel what I believe, what I think, what I say, than what they say, what they, you know. He said, I'm a jealous God. So God has to deliver us from the people before he can deliver us to the people. So we can be a servant of his. When we when we understand more and more of who we are in Christ and we begin to have confidence in his love for us, fear will have no place in us because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out when our when our, we are fully confident of God's love for us. Fear we have no place in us. So um, why is this? Fear has to do with torment. We know that fear is a spirit. Okay. So when we're expecting someone to always do evil, we're releasing those demons into that person's life. Oh, they're not going to do right. They always say they're going to do that, and they don't never do it. We're prophesying over them. We're speaking loosened word curses. Are we speaking life and death is in the power of the tongue? Blessings and curses should be come from the same faucet. It ought not to be, the Bible say. Oh, they ain't going to do nothing. Let me tell you what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. This is what they always do. Oh, you know, so life and death. We have no faith for that. What does the word, what's the counsel of God concerning that situation that you don't have faith for? 
that situation of this person, they're going to act like this. They always act like this. This is what they're going to do. This, you don't have faith for that. And so because we don't have faith in it, we, we're releasing uh, doubt and unbelief and we're speaking word curses. Oh, they're going to change. They always say they're going to change. Oh, they're not. They, I hope they stay out of jail this time. They always say they ain't going to go back. You know, I'm, those are word curses. Agree with them. If, they, if what somebody is saying is true, is right, is praiseworthy, is good report, re- agree with them. Oh, I'm not going back. You know what I mean? When people get out of prison, people just speak all kinds of word curses over. Oh, they're going to go back. Oh, they're going to do it again. Oh, they can't help but, the, you know, this is just who they are. Oh, I'm stuck in my ways. All these are word curses. If there was no luck, there well, if there was no bad luck, there wouldn't be no luck at all. You know, just cur- when it rains, it pours. You know, all these word curses. That's not what God say. That's what the world say. As born-again believers, we should not be saying what the world say. As born-again believers, we should be saying what God is saying. We need to etch, you know, out of every family, God chooses a priest. He, he'll choose one, he'll get one person to uh, to be a light in, the, in that entire family, to be the light in the midst of the darkness of their family. He told, God chose the Roman soldiers in the book of Acts 16, 31, when the, when the apostle Paul was in prison and they prayed, the doors came open and the the, the soldier was going to kill himself because he thought they had left. And they was like, we're, we're not gone, we're still here. And uh, and he witnessed to the Roman soldier. He said, if you believe, not only shall you be saved, but your house. And the soldier took him home. And sure enough, his whole household got saved because he believed. How many of you know that God is interested in generational blessings? You're called to that family to be a light. You might be the only one that's saved or the only one that really has a revelation of Jesus Christ because you got religion. I'm not talking about religion because religion don't have a relationship of Jesus Christ. Religion knows the word, but they don't know the God of the word. They don't have a relationship with the God of the word. And their righteousness is not based on who God is. Their righteousness is based on how they are, which makes them self-righteous. That's a religious spirit. I'm talking about a relationship. I'm not talking about knowing about God. I'm talking about knowing the son of God. I'm talking about a relationship. I do this because he's real to me. And when God is not real to you, if he's not real to you, if he's the man upstairs, he's not real to you. If he's not real to you, you just see the Bible as a bunch of theories and man-made ideas and whatever. Then he's not real to you. Ask the Lord to reveal yourself. Holy Spirit, Father, I ask that you give them a a revelation of your dear son, Jesus Christ. You said you make your covenant known to those who fear you, Father. You said you'll make your covenant known to those. And you said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, Father. You said you would fill them. Father, I ask right now that you fill them with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of tongues. Fill them right now, Lord God. Let their cups overflow. I release it right now by faith in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for revealing yourself. Jesus said, I no longer call you a servant, but I call you a friend because the servant does not know the father's business, but the friend does. If we want to know the business of God and we want a revelation of God, we're going to have to have reverence for God because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that humble him. When we say to God, I got this. When we don't acknowledge God in all our ways, we ignore God in all our ways. 
Therefore, lean not to your own understanding, Proverbs says, but in all your ways acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. And depart from evil, and be not wise in your own eyes. Because when we don't acknowledge God in all our ways, we're being wise in our own eyes. We're saying, I got this figured out. But you say, well, what does the counsel of God, did you pray about it? Or do you know the, the will of God already concerning it? Because when you know what the will is, you don't have to pray. When you when, when the will of God is known, you don't have to pray about it. There's some certain things you don't have to pray about. I'm, I'm, I use this because we can understand this. I don't have to pray about if I should go sleep with my neighbor's husband. That's nothing I need to pray about. That's adultery. God is against that. The will of God there is clearly understood and known. I don't have to pray about if I should go to the store and steal something. I don't have to pray about that. The will of God is clearly known. Where the will of God is clearly known is not something I need to pray about. I already know what the will is. You know, um, maybe Lord strengthen me not to go steal. Lord strengthen me not to go commit fornication or adultery. But we know what the will of, when you know what the will of God is. That's not something you have to pray about. When we know that we're living in open rebellion, when we know what the word of God says about marriage and we're not living uh, according to it. And I'm not just talking about cheating and things like that, but I'm saying when as husband and wives, you're supposed to be covering your wife. You're supposed to be protecting your wife. You're supposed to be nurturing them as, you know, and ministering to them like Christ uh, and loving them like Christ loved the church and the woman's respecting her husband. Um, doing it as unto the Lord, dwelling with the husband with respect, according to the, when we know what the, the will of God is, when we know what biblical marriage looks like and we're not doing it, there's nothing to pray about. We just need to do what we know to do. Remember, when we do what the words say do, then we will experience the blessing. So whenever, whatever area in our lives that we know is out of line with God, when we get back, when we get, and when we line our life up with it, then the blessing will come. It says it's the doer of the word that's blessed, not the hearer only. There's a blessing attached to our obedience. So if your marriage is not being blessed, then find out what is it. Maybe it's something that you need to do. If you're, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just using this. I'm just saying for whatever area in your life, take it and apply it to your life. Look at yourself and say, if, where is it that I'm not doing what God say? And I know, you know, I know specifically what it says. I, I know I, when, I, when we know better, we're responsible for doing better. The word says, he that knoweth to do good and do it not for him is sin. So, and how many of you know that delayed obedience is still disobedient? Delayed obedience is disobedience. So let's get our life in alignment with the word of God. Because the, John tells us, he said, if you we say that we have fellowship with him, but yet we still walk in darkness. When we see the word walk, we're talking about a lifestyle. We're not talking about falling down, getting back up. But he said, you still walk in darkness then you are a liar and the truth is not in you. That's what the word says. I'm just the messenger, the mailman. Okay. I don't know about you, but I don't get upset with the mailman when he delivers me an electric bill. Cause I know he didn't have anything to do with the electric bill. He's just a delivery person. You know, he's just letting me know so I can know. So, um, this is what first John tells us. He said, hi, if you say you walk in fellowship with me, but you still walk, you still, you know, you still walk in darkness. You are a liar and the truth is not in you. If I'm still living a lifestyle that's contrary to, I'm talking about a daily lifestyle, 
that's contrary to uh, the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. He said, I'm a liar. And, and the truth is not in me. This is why it's so important that we have people in our lives that can tell us the truth. Because when our truth, you know, that there is a way that seemeth right. When you, when you just settle in rebellion, you can justify that wrong behavior to a point that deception sets in. And can't nothing and nobody tell you, you know, there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death. You know, doggone well, if this, if this is out of order, I'm living a lifestyle that's out of order, saying God knows he's going to fix it. No, what he's doing is waiting on you to fix it because God does not override our will. And he does not bless mess. But he can take the mess and use it as a message when we're willing to yield to his will and come up out the mess. When we're willing to walk in fellowship with him, when we're willing to walk in the light as he is in the light. Because the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So I, I did a podcast saying, is God resisting you? Listen to that. We say, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care. Yes, you sent the prophet. Yes, you sent the teacher. Yes, you sent the preacher. I heard you. But I'm going to do what I want to do. I, I get to choose what I want to do. It's my choice. It's my body. It's my life. That's what we think. All of that is a lie. Because the Bible tells us, and um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 6, our body is not our own, that we've been bought with a price. We've been bought, brought with the precious blood of Jesus. And our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. As born-again believers, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm getting ready to get off here. Don't allow your fears to activate your faith. Job said, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. Are you, you receiving what you believe in? The thing that you feared the most, has it come upon you? And then we say, see, I told you. Yep, I bet I bet you did. Yep. You spoke all of them. I told you they weren't going to stay out of jail. I told you. They always say they ain't going to do it again. They always say they ain't going back. And the thing the thing about cycles, in order to break a cycle, you have to renew your mind and change your way of thinking. So um, I like to tell people this. You know, don't enter into another relationship until you've renewed your mind, until you've allowed yourself to heal. Because if you don't, you're going to still be making the same type of choices in the next. You're thinking because it's a different person, that thing is going to be different. But the truth of the matter is that the only thing those other prior relationships had in common was you. So you're the common denominator. And the reason we're still, we talking about the law of attraction, the reason we're still making the same choices is because we have not renewed our mind to change our way of thinking. So in the end, beginning, they may look this different, talk different dress different but when it when it all rounds out it was something it's gonna be you're gonna end up with the same thing because you're attracted to that same kind of stuff and it's coming from you it's coming from us when we begin to change our renew our mind we'll start making different choices we'll start making healthier choices we have to understand who we are in christ take some time out to get to know you take some time out to get to know um, you get developed that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I always like to tell women that as long as you think you need a man, you ain't ready. But when you get to a point where you don't need him, and I'm not saying, um, but you need God more than you need anyone else, then you're ready. God said, I have no other gods before me. 
there is God is a God of order. When God becomes your husband and we become married to God, then we're ready. When he becomes our husband, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A wife is a woman who's already submitted to God. Make sure that man, I'm, I'm sorry to drop this in here, but make sure that I'm just going to flow with it. Make sure that that man, that whoever it is you get with, that they love God. Because a man who does not love God cannot love you like God. And we have to quit getting these men that we know is not saved and trying to get them to live by biblical principles. Or getting these women we know is not saved, trying to get them, bring them up under biblical principles. Well, you're supposed to be the head and you're supposed to do this. And you, and they don't have a clue. I'm sorry about this. I wasn't trying to quarantine none of this, but this is where it is for someone. I'm getting ready to get off. Okay, don't let your fears activate your faith. Quit thinking the worst of people because love thinketh no evil. The Bible said love thinketh no evil. So when you're thinking evil thoughts about someone or about a situation or even about yourself, just know that those thoughts are not God's thoughts. He said, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, whatsoever things are good report, you know, think on these things. Because that's the mind of God. The plans that God had for you are good. God said David was a man after his own heart. But in the natural, just looking at him with our two natural eyes, I'm sure none of us would have seen that coming. Because David was an adulterer. He committed murder. He did all kinds of stuff. But God said that David was a man after his own heart. And that's what that's the, that's the truth. Because he said, man, look on the outside, but I'm looking at your heart. Right? So I'm getting ready to end it here. Don't let your fear activate your faith. Job said, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. Oh, I'm afraid they're going to do this. Oh, I'm afraid they're going to do that. Oh, I'm afraid they're going to do this. And we'll use the word too. I'm afraid. Oh, I'm afraid he's going to go back to jail. Oh, I'm afraid he's going to get back on drugs. Oh, I'm afraid he's going to be angry. Don't let your fear activate your faith. And some of us are so convinced of our fears. Well, that's what it is. I'm just calling it like it is. That's what they always do. And you can't talk that person out of that. Because they done got that in their heart, in their mind. They really believe in that that's the truth. That's their truth, but that's not God's truth, which makes it not the truth. Don't confuse facts with the truth. Don't put faith in facts. Put your faith in the truth. Because the truth is God. Jesus Christ says, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. John 8, uh, 32. If you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth. And guess what's going to happen? Jesus said that the truth is going to set us free. What does the truth set us free from? God's truth sets us free from a devil's lie. Every area in our lives where there's addiction, stronghold, bondage, um, that's an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. Every lie is attached. Every bondage, every stronghold is attached to a devil's lie. To wrong thinking. Things that we're believing just contrary to what God is saying. We have to have faith for people that's not saved. We have to have faith for people um, uh, and stand in the gap and, and uh, just intercede for them. That God will take their hearts and turn it back toward them. That God will send labors across that husband or that wife who's not saved. They, he'll send, he'll send um, um, 
that God will interrupt their lives and give them a Damascus Street experience. I'm not meaning blinding them. I'm just saying that he will interrupt their lives. Since 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 somebody since somebody to stand in front of them to, to prophesy to them or you know um he Jesus told us to pray to the Lord of Harvest that he sent forth labors into his harvest so we can pray that he sent forth labors across our lost loved ones across their path. Remember to be a light in the midst of their darkness. You can't say what they say. You can't act the way they act, right? They they got to be able to see the God in you in order to see the light in you. How many of you know that our the light, the Bible said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and your Father in heaven will be glorified. So the light is your lifestyle. <laughs> let your lifestyle so shine before men that they'll see and they'll know it's something different about you. Your family will say she different. It's some different is not bad. Different compared to who? We're all different because God didn't make any of us exactly the same. So different is not a bad word. We're all supposed to be different. Different compared to who? You're not trying to compare yourself to anything or anybody. You just want to be who God created you to be. So live out loud for Christ. Uh, live in love. Don't expect unsaved people. Sinners sin, okay? So don't expect unsaved people to live Christ-like. You teach people how to live by the way you live. You teach people how to love by the way you love. You teach people how to forgive by how you forgive. We forgive others because God forgave us. And that's just the God honest truth. There's nothing else. If they never, you, well, I ain't going to forgive them till they say they sorry. No, it has nothing to do with that. We forgive others because God forgave us. We love others because God loved us. Jesus said, how can you say you love your brother who you can't see? How can you say you love a God who you can't see if you can't love your brother who you can see? Okay, so walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in love because love overcomes evil and love is the fulfillment of the law. Um, let God work on you. You be the change. Don't try to change the people around you. Let God change you. And the people around you will see the change in you and want the God that you serve. Okay, I'm finna end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Remember to keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Um, um, and uh, on that note, if you guys would like to support us, hit the support button. Please hit that message button and leave your testimony of how you accepted Jesus Christ on my podcast. No one can hear it but me. So leave, leave your message of how you accepted Jesus Christ. And remember, always be re- uh, ready to give that answer for the hope that's within you. If people want to know why you believe in God, make sure you're ready to tell them to testify. Tell them your story so God can get the glory. Because every time we testify, we call the devil a lie. Okay, I'm in in the ear. Thank you guys again. This is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Keep looking for the good in your day. Don't allow your fear to activate your faith. Job said, the thing I fear most came upon me. Start speaking life over that person, life over your children, life over that loved one. Quit expecting them to do evil. Start saying saying what God say. Find out what the counsel of God. We got our homework cut out for us. Find out what the word of God say about that thing. Um, that you don't have faith for because faith comes by hearing and then start saying what God say okay I'm ending it here you guys be blessed be encouraged keep looking for what for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful 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 blessed wonderful day